And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Please be seated. Members of St. Paul Congregation, family and friends who have gathered here for this special Saturday installation service, Brother Clergy, Julie, Kelly, former Vicar Golden, grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ our risen Lord and Savior, Amen. It was a young man and a young woman that have been dating for a long time. In fact, according to the young woman, they had been dating for an embarrassingly long amount of time. It was time. It was time. And she waited. And she waited. And she waited. Very patiently waiting for the young man to work up enough courage and pop the question. One day out of the blue, the phone rang. Saturday night, he said, I've got something very, very special planned. Saturday night, I'll pick you up at six. She could barely wait, barely contain herself as the days and the hours and the minutes ticked by ever so slowly. She waited in anticipation. She waited with great expectations. Finally, about 5.55 on Saturday, he pulled up in his 1963 Chevy, waxed and ready to go, all four windows in the hardtop down. He came up to the door. She came out, they never spoke. She got in the car and they began to drive. They drove to a secluded spot. And as they pulled into the park, she could see a giant oak tree up ahead and she knew this was going to be the spot. He slowed down with the car barely to a crawl. And then he said, slide over here, dear. So she slid over. He looked her in the eye. He pointed to the dashboard and he said, look, the odometer is ready to turn over. She slid back over to the window. Tears streaming down her cheeks. He couldn't believe that she wasn't excited. He looked at her and said, what's the matter? What were you expecting? Today, as we come into God's house, it is a day of great expectations. 
expectations for a congregation. That is, waiting and waiting and waiting. And now today, finally, the new pastor is installed. It's a day of great expectation for a new pastor and his family. West Virginia, take me home, country roads. Well, at least it's not Nebraska. <laughs> so today, the question that God's Word poses for us is, what are you expecting? What are you expecting, people of God? St. Paul Lutheran Church, Parkersburg, West Virginia. What are you expecting today and in the days to come? What are you expecting, reverend, soon-to-be pastor of this flock, Daniel Golden? Today is a day of great expectations, and it should be. But we know, not only from that opening story, but we know expectations can be a source of great joy when those expectations are fulfilled. And they can be a source of great disappointment when those expectations are not fulfilled. In our text for today, Numbers 21, 4 to 9, there are great expectations. It's near the end of the wilderness wanderings. The people of God, after having been delivered by the mighty hand of God, taken through the Red Sea waters, a wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other, walking across on dry ground, and when Pharaoh and his henchmen follow, the waves come crashing down. Pharaoh and his horses and his riders are dead in the bottom of the Red Sea. But the sin at Mount Sinai was great. And for 40 years they've been wandering. For 40 years God has provided for them. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. Quail. Manna. Water. But their expectations were high. They were close now. They were close to the promised land. They could sense it. They could smell it. Just a little bit farther to go. And then their expectations, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land would be theirs. A great gift of God. But as they got close... God said, not yet. Not yet. In fact, he sent them on a detour around Edom so that their backs were facing the promised land. It was as if they were going the wrong way. The people's expectations were not met. They were disappointed. They were more than disappointed. They were angry. They were angry at God. And when you're angry at God, who do you take it out on? The pastor. They grumbled. 
They complained. They probably withheld their offerings too, but that's not recorded for us in Scripture. They were upset with God. They started complaining about the food. We loathe this miserable manna, the manna that's kept us alive for 40 years. They cried out against God and against Moses. And Moses, in his love, disciplined his children. Takes us by surprise the way he disciplined them, doesn't it? He sent poisonous snakes, asps, Indiana Jones kind of poisonous snakes. And the snakes bit the people, and many died. But it was not a quick death. It was a very slow, painful death as the poison entered into the system and worked its way through the body, excruciating pain that led to death. The people knew that the snakes had come from God. The people cried out in repentance. They were sorry for their sin. Moses, Moses, tell God to take away the poisonous snakes. It's a very legitimate request, right? What God does next surely baffled Moses. It baffled the children of God and it baffles us even today. God did not take the poisonous snakes away, at least not right away. He says, Moses, I want you to make a fiery serpent, make it out of bronze. Take that fiery serpent, that bronze serpent, and put it on a pole and lift it high in the air and tell the people that when they're bit, not to look at the wound, not to think about how bad they feel, not to focus on the pain, but look to the bronze serpent on the pole and they will live. What? Have you ever heard such a crazy response to a prayer of repentance? Moses made the fake snake. And he put it up on a pole. And when the people were bitten, they looked to the bronze serpent, which had no power in and of itself, but the power of the word of God was attached to that fake snake on a stick. And when they looked at that bronze serpent, they lived. They were bitten, but they lived. My friends, we all have great expectations. Personally, in our family, in our community, at work, in our country, in our church, we all have great expectations. Sometimes they're realistic, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're based on the clear word of God. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just the opposite of God's word. 
God in his love and mercy and compassion gives us not always what we want. But he gives us what we need. For the last 15 or 16 months, we've all had great expectations, haven't we? God did not send poisonous snakes. But he allowed a worldwide pandemic. How many television preachers didn't you see on the internet? Claiming and proclaiming and demanding that God drive away the pandemic. But God didn't take it away. At least right away. He said, no. What I'm going to give you is the same thing that I gave to my children in the wilderness in Numbers 21. Take a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up high and whoever looks at the bronze serpent, even if he is bitten, will live. Jesus taught Nicodemus in John 3, just as he teaches us, in the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man will be lifted up that all who look to him will live. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, it is God's desire that all people be saved, that all people come to a knowledge, not only of their sin, but of their Savior, Jesus Christ. God's expectation is that his word, his word of life, will go out to the four corners of the world until he sees fit to send Jesus one more time in power and might and glory, a new heaven and a new earth to judge both the living and the dead. My friends, until that time, our expectations abound, don't they? St. Paul Lutheran Church, Parkersburg, West Virginia, you have expectations today, and you should have expectations. You have called a pastor. He is seated before you. God has placed him here. He has given him to you. To love you. To serve you. To bring you the very gifts of God. Earned by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through his mouth and through his hands, God will deliver the deliverance to you. You should expect that. You should demand that. No, he is not a people magnet. And that 
everybody who comes in contact with him will come flocking into the doors, filling up the coffers. He has no magic wand to resurrect the Sunday school or the youth group or whatever else needs resurrecting around here. He comes with a word. The most powerful word that the world has ever seen. It is the life-giving, life-changing word of God. Pastor, you should have expectations today as well. Not only well, I'm finally going to get a paycheck after all these years at the seminary. You should have expectations that the people of God in this place will come to church. Will open their ears to the Word of God. That they will give sacrificially of their time, talent, and treasure. Do not expect them to be perfect. If there is one thing that you have learned, especially during 12 months of vicarage, is that sinners sin. And that goes for pastors as well. Sinners sin. And sinners need the forgiveness of sins. That's why this church exists. For the forgiveness of sins. When our expectations are not met and we come into God's house and we cry out in repentance because we have thought we had better words than the word of God. God gives a word of forgiveness. When our expectations are built around something, anything other than the clear word of God, we come into God's house and we repent and we hear the forgiveness of sins earned by Jesus Christ. When a pastor makes a mistake, and we all do, We put the best construction, not the worst. And we offer the forgiveness of sin. Because that's what the people of God do. My friends, God expects today from congregation and from pastor, and not just Pastor Golden, but all of us, God expects faithfulness. Faithfulness to his word. Faithfulness to his promises. Faithfulness to his expectations. Not ours. And the amazing thing is that God is faithful. God will always, always give us what we need. And God will give us the strength and the courage when we mess up to say, I'm sorry. 
and even more importantly, the strength and the courage to say, I forgive you. Pastor, members of St. Paul, may those five words be the hallmark of your life together. I'm sorry, I forgive you. I'm sorry, I forgive you. And as those words become not only your expectation, but your reality, God will bless this place and this ministry mightily. C.F.W. Walther, in one of his last addresses to candidates from the seminary going out to their first parish, said, Pastor, when you get to the congregation that God has called you to, know that that place where he has placed you is none other than paradise on earth. Pastor Golden, members of St. Paul, welcome to paradise. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, and our expectations in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We stand.